0: In this week's episode, the first rule of Etsy's Star Seller Program is, you don't talk about Etsy's Star Seller Program. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another episode of the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast live AKA coffee with Ryan. (laughs) I need it this morning. I did not sleep well last night. How is everybody doing? Did you have a good Labor Day weekend? Um, I did something I've not not done actually in two years. I didn't work on a Monday holiday. Normally, I treat that just like any other day and I go ahead and work. And this year I decided I was not going to do that. I took the day off. I, I answered a couple of messages and made sure that items that sold were deleted from sites they were cross-posted on, but I didn't do any listings, I didn't do any pulling, packing, shipping, nothing. I I went for a 21-odd-mile bike ride and just enjoyed the holiday. So let me know in the chat or in the comments what you did over the Labor Day weekend. I am going to take a drink of this coffee, though. (laughs) For those of you who are new here, my name is Ryan and I am a full-time reseller, part-time YouTuber and podcaster working out of my home here in the Bat Cave. and this channel is all about the world of reselling. We will cover reselling news. There's not as much as normal, partly because of the holiday weekend. We'll cover some things that I sold. That is also going to be a pretty small segment this week and we'll talk about anything else that happens to come up in the world of reselling. So let's get it kicked off. updates with some reselling news so i i led with the the fight club intro and it's in the title um etsy recently introduced the star seller program which we have talked about on this show several times over the last couple of weeks and there appears to be some hullabaloo about whether you can actually even mention that you are and Etsy star seller um, over on e commerce bytes. They have an article Etsy star sellers be proud, but don't brag. Etsy kicked off its star seller program this week that is designed to highlight sellers who offer excellent customer experiences. But a source told us that Etsy is sending mixed messages about how, how sellers can leverage that designation. Essentially, she said, the terms of service state that star sellers can't share their star seller status on social media, yet there is a prompt within the star seller dashboard to share their star seller set status on social media. So maybe if you do it from their little button, uh, it's okay, but you can't share it otherwise. Uh, One provision they said stood out, sellers are not allowed to display the star seller badge or indicate that they are a star seller. And that includes prohibiting a mention in quote, packaging materials, messages, notes, or other communications to buyers or potential buyers. Nor can you put an Etsy Star Seller Badge on your website or any other website. The provision states that sellers may not, quote, commercialize or attempt to commercialize the Star Seller Badge, such as by creating, importing, or selling merchandise with the Star Seller Badge, or by displaying your Star Seller Badge on third-party websites or mobile applications or in person. Uh man, <laughs> uh, so do they want you to like be excited about this program or not? They've made it very difficult to get into anyway. It's been pretty problematic with some of the some of the things with answering messages and so on and so forth. And now they've got this program, ideally suited to hype their bestsellers. And it seems like they're not allowing those folks to talk about it, even in person. How do you (laughs) – I'm over over the barbecue at Labor Day, and I can't tell my family I'm an Etsy star seller. I'm not on Etsy, so that's just hypothetical, of course. But, man, that's just crazy to me that they don't want their sellers to be promoting, really, the living crap out of that to me. I would think you would want that everywhere, A, to promote – that Etsy is recognizing their best sellers and B, to promote your own business. It seems really counterintuitive to me that they have all these restrictions on how you would go about using that program. So let me know if you are an Etsy seller. Are you a star seller? Or would you be inclined to try to promote it or would would you follow their policy? Or are you going to ignore it? I don't know what the consequences are, if they can remove... Your star seller program badge, I don't, I don't know. That just seems like a really, really strange setup to me. Speaking of star seller programs and the like, Facebook is launching a version of a top-rated seller badge. Again, eCommerce Bytes is reporting you've seen them on eBay, and this month they roll out on Etsy. Now Facebook is getting in on the act by rolling out badges that designate sellers as being better Than the rest Facebook announced this week, quote, to help buyers make more confident purchases and easily identify shops on Facebook and Instagram. We are testing a new label that identifies shops offering consistent shopping experiences. They will be called preferred shops and the preferred label will be displayed automatically for shops that qualify. The criteria that Facebook considers are much like what you find on the other sites, Uh, preferred shops must provide the following for most products, free shipping, that seems like a bit much, but uh, purchase protection, order tracking, and 30-day returns. As of now, at least the badge will only display for shoppers using the Facebook app on Android or iPhone. Apparently, it won't work on the web version. The help page that Facebook has set up for this program does not show exactly what the badge is going to look like, um, but, but there you go. If you're a seller on Facebook, you've got a preferred shop badge of some sort that you will be eligible for if you follow those criteria. Moving on over to Amazon, they continue to try to apply more and more and more metrics to their sellers. The newest one is they have rolled out a seller metric or fulfilled by merchant sellers, measuring returns performance. Sellers who don't use Amazon's FBA fulfillment service get a new set of metrics this time to measure how well they handle returns. With the holiday shopping period nearing, it's just what sellers don't want to be thinking about. Amazon spun this new returns performance dashboard as a positive, saying it would help sellers monitor their returns performance and proactively address return-related issues. The dashboard will focus on three key performance metrics, return requests approved in less than 24 hours, total declined return requests, and return-related buyer contact rate. Uh, The dashboard, it says, will have a new companion tool, the returns analysis page, which sellers can use to identify listings that have issues and identify the top return issue for each of your product listings so that you can take action to improve the return experience. I don't know necessarily that I think that that's a bad thing. I don't. I don't sell on Amazon anymore. I did years ago. I'm not in my current role. Uh, but this is this would be a useful tool, especially if you have a product that you're having made and sold, so you can identify is there a flaw in the product. So I I, I get where they're going with this, but again, it's it's one more metric that Amazon is going to measure you on which of course is what one seller asked uh, the million dollar question. How would the new return metrics impact sellers account health? Most of those metrics are out of our control and Amazon has purposefully made it so easy to return without any attempt at retention or resolution that the return rate on this platform is four to 10 times higher than we see anywhere else. If you're an Amazon seller, you can let us know in the comments or in the chat. Uh, Or if you're listening to the actual podcast, you can, of course, email me at galaxycds at gmail.com and let me know what's your return rate on Amazon as compared to other sites you sell on kind of for the same product. Obviously, different products have different return rates. Clothing tends to have a higher return rate than books, for instance. I get very, very few returns. I can probably count the number I've had this year on one hand. So... Different products have different metrics for returns, which is something I hope that Amazon is factoring into this equation. Uh, But Amazon does make it incredibly easy to return stuff. I've talked about on this show before, I had an instance where I needed to return something and Amazon didn't even take it back. They just gave me my money back and said to keep or discard the product as I saw fit, Uh, which is something apparently that Mercari also does because I had a customer on Mercari that bought like a $7 item and it was a record. They said that the one song they wanted on that record had a loud pop in it and they wanted to return it. Mercari approved the return, gave the customer their money back, paid me and told the customer not to ship the item back. So again, that's a case where on an item that cheap, it probably didn't make sense for Mercari to pay for a return label to go through all that rigmarole, so they just allowed the customer to keep it. I got my money. All's well and good. It was $7, so I wasn't really <laughs> uh, all that pressed about it one way or the other, but uh, that was kind of interesting. So let me know what your experience is on that side. eBay had announced at... Uh, eBay open, but there were some changes coming to managed payments. There's an article over on Tame Bay this week that there are new features and enhancements that will be rolling out in managed payments now and over the coming months to make your selling experience even easier. Payouts will be faster, it says. They'll be within one business day. There will be new payout schedule choices coming soon, new options to customize reports, and new learning resources available in the payments tab in the seller hub. Payouts within one business day, Monday through Friday, excluding, of course, bank holidays, of confirming the buyer's payments. So right now, there's a couple of day lag there between when a customer makes a payment and you can actually get that money to your account. Plus then on top of that, any delays between eBay and your bank. Mine's pretty good. My, I'm on weekly payouts. My payout processes on Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning. I get a text from my bank that the money has been deposited. So I'm not doing daily payout. So I don't see kind of what the lag is. I know that other than when it's a Monday bank holiday, pretty much all my sales through Sunday process on Monday in time for the Tuesday payout now, which is new, that is not what it was doing when it first started. The a lot of the Sunday items were not getting paid until the following week, so they have sped that process up. If you're on daily payouts, you should be expecting to get a little bit more money a little quicker according to this. It does note, however, that seller eligibility may vary. It does not say on what criteria. <laughs> Uh, so I don't, I don't know what, where eBay may choose to hold your payment for longer than that. Uh, it does say that sellers that are not eligible for these faster payouts will continue to follow the current schedule. Payouts are initiated within two business days of confirming the buyer's payment. We'll continue to assess your account for more payout options in the future, it says. You can learn more about payment holds here, and there is a link in this article. I will, of course, link to all of these articles in the show notes and the video description below for you to go back and look at later. Um, new payout schedule choices. Additional options coming to receive your payouts on a bi-weekly or monthly basis. I don't know... Most people are squawking that they're having to wait two days for their money. So I can't imagine anybody is going to opt for a monthly payout or even bi weekly. I bet the take rate on that is really, really low. I know I would have no interest. Once a week to me seems fine. You can let me know in the comments what, what you're doing daily, weekly. Would you do a bi weekly or a monthly? Um, I, I just can't imagine a lot of folks are going to sign up for that. To update your payment timing, you can navigate to the Payments tab in Seller Hub, select Payout Settings from the left-hand navigation, and then choose how often you'd like to receive payouts. Uh, There will be new options to customize your payment reports if you are one that runs those or imports those into an Excel spreadsheet, so be on the lookout for that. And it says there will be other new resources coming soon, though it doesn't describe what those might be. So uh, again, kudos to eBay for trying to make this process better, quicker, faster, stronger for sellers. Uh, the quicker we can get our money, the better off we will all be. Unless I guess you're going with the monthly <laughs> uh, monthly payouts. This was an interesting article also over the weekend. Uh, eBay goes retro. 10-day auctions ending on a Sunday. Back in the day... I've talked about this before. When eBay first got started, it was all about auctions. Fixed price selling was not really a key focus for them. It was all about auctions. And it seemed that at the time, and probably is still the case now, that Sunday evening was kind of the best time to have your auctions end. Historically, the data showed that's when people were looking to make a final purchase. There was a blog post on eBay's UK site, eBay's busiest time for buyers is Sunday evenings, so schedule your listings to end around that time and choose 10-day auctions to ensure the maximum number of bids. The longer your item is listed, it says, the more chance of people seeing it, so unless it's time-sensitive, pick 10 days. The writer of this article says, I had to scroll back up to the top of the page and check the date and confirm that it was indeed Friday, September 3rd, 2021, because the advice coming from the company sounded so unlike the eBay of recent years. During the quote-unquote Donahoe years when former management consultant John Donahoe was the CEO, eBay aggressively pushed sellers to list in the fixed price format and boasted to analysts as the format grew as a percentage of gross merchandise volume. They do show uh, a couple of highlights here from their own archives. Auctions made up 70% of eBay's business in 2007. By 2013, it was down to 30%. And by 2016, in the last three months of the year, it was only 13%. I've talked about that here previously. I generally, I've got 6,800-odd listings up as of today, and I have exactly one auction (laughs) uh, running at the moment. At any given time, I might have maybe as many as half a dozen, but I don't do auctions. I saw somewhere else there was a um, post on a Facebook group that a guy was considering switching from auctions to fixed price listings. He had still been doing everything with auctions starting at 99 cents and quote-unquote letting the market decide what my item was worth. My experience, if when I go in and I look at the comps on items and I look at the solds, at least I find this to be true in books and media, a lot of times the items that sold at auction that appear to have started at probably a really low price are selling for less money than the items that are sold at fixed price. So I'm, I'm really hesitant to do auctions unless I've got something really unusual that I just can't identify a price. I'll throw it out there with kind of a minimum starting price. I don't do 99 cent auctions almost ever. I'll start it at kind of the low end of what I want for the item and see if it gets any bites. Sometimes it works out, sometimes there's no bids, and I end up listing the thing fixed price. I'll usually mark it up a few more bucks and throw it out there and see what happens, but I'm not a big auction seller. Again, feel free to share in the comments or in the chat if you are primarily an auction seller. eBay continues to push towards their new cost-per-click advertising model, but here over the last week, They are taking great pains to remind people that the standard promoted listings option is still available and you still only pay if the item sells. Uh, eBay introduced its cost per click ads this month, but that's not stopping the company from promoting its existing cost per sale ads, pitching them as a lower risk way for sellers to get attention for their marketplace listings eBay published a post on its eBay ads blog today, this was August 31st, titled How to Get Started with Promoted Listings on eBay, and cited as one of four key benefits pay only for sales. It explained you can decide how much to spend on advertising eBay won't charge you until a buyer clicks on your promoted listing and then purchases that item within 30 days. It is likely, this article says, that eBay sees the existing promoted listings program as a stepping stone To the new cost-per-click model, making sellers more comfortable with the concept of advertising and then pitching them on the benefits of their new cost-per-click ads, which eBay's head of global advertising, Alex Kazim, called a, quote, exciting compliment to the standard ads. He said, we recommend when possible that sellers use both campaign types to test and learn, he wrote in an August 23rd blog post. Using them together provides maximum reach and maximum visibility, and because the different fee models, sellers can manage risk thanks to the promoted listing standard cost per sale model with the predictability of a daily budget and control keyword targeting. The most recent post made no mention of this new model, uh, but the writer of this article says, Could there be some concern on eBay's part that sellers might experience some confusion and think that all eBay ads are cost per click? It is certainly possible given the fact that this new CPC model and the cost per sale model both share the promoted listings branding. That's a tough one for eBay. I understand why they want to kind of have those two things under the same kind of umbrella because it is still a promoted listing. But because the advertising models are so different and they've spent so much time over the last month or so talking about this cost per click model, they may have confused some folks and scared some people off promoted listings. So again, let us know, are you a promoted listings user? I have talked about that numerous times here. I don't use it. uh, Never have. I won't say that I never will, but at least at this time, I'm not promoting. I don't see the need, frankly, to give eBay any more money on the type of items that I'm selling than I already am. Last thing in the news this week, I posted this on Instagram. If you're not following me over there, it's at GalaxyCDsRocks. United States Postal Service last week suspended first-class package service to Australia due to the COVID pandemic. As of Friday, September 3rd, USPS will temporarily suspend some international services to Australia due to COVID-19 transport cancellations and restrictions. These services include first-class package international Commercial e packet, international priority airmail, and international surface air lift. USPS has also confirmed all packages which have not been processed by the date of this announcement will be processed as return to sender. So if you had some stuff that you had shipped out, it's probably coming back to you. I don't know how much stuff people ship to Australia, but I know it's not completely uncommon. Um, eBay International, standard delivery, and the global shipping program are not. Affected. So if you're not using one of those programs, it's another reason to look at. Um, GSP has been fantastic for me. I know it's a little more expensive for the buyers, which actually we're going to get into here in a couple of minutes, Uh, but it is a good service. And at least for now, it bypasses this issue with USPS. My understanding is that uh, Pirate Ship Simple Export Rate Packaging also bypasses this current usps block on packages over there so if you're shipping internationally uh, just be aware of that that that's something that's going on and uh, plan your business accordingly with that if i can find it here This is going to be the shortest "what sold on eBay" segment in history. <laughs> uh, I essentially have, I have three items. Two of them actually went to the same person. So, last week was really, really strange. It was good. I had a, I had a productive week. I, I did, I think eighty-seven or eighty-nine transactions. So, about on par with a normal week. Um, but there were only a real handful that were more than $20. My average selling price for last week was like $13.67. So super, super low. And I just don't see the need to share with you the standard kind of bread and butter $12 DVD or book or whatever that I sold. So I've got just a couple of items here that I wanted to highlight from last week's sales. You can let us know. I saw it looked like, at least on Instagram, a lot of people had a really, really productive Labor Day weekend. I had over the three days about 40 orders. So it was pretty, pretty good that way. Again, they were all fairly small. Um, I think one of these three that I'm about to show you was in that, but everything else was pretty cheap. So this first item, uh, and there's actually going to be essentially two of these in a row uh, key driven calculator course from 1962. And the Rotary Calculator course, also from 1962. These were old training manuals for old mechanical calculators that I found at an estate sale. I paid. These These were part of a big estate buyout that I did, so I recorded them in my accounting for $0.04 a piece. (laughs) Uh, And they sold for $24.99 plus shipping. Both of these were sold on the global shipping program and the guy paid or the woman, whoever it was paid nearly as much in shipping for these items as they paid for the items themselves. They popped up on my uh, text notification from eBay as essentially $50 sales. They were $49 and some odd cents. So 22, $23 in international shipping plus duties and fees. So whoever it was that bought these really, really wanted them. I've talked about, Previously, old kind of vintage owner's manuals and training guides and that kind of stuff can do pretty well, especially if you can pick them up <laughs> uh, for four cents a piece. It's really hard to go wrong there. But uh, anytime I see old stuff like this, I'm inclined to go at least look them up. Sometimes they're not worth messing with, sometimes they're pretty good. I would have paid probably a couple of dollars a piece for these. Uh, as it worked out, I was able to get them in a big lot for next to nothing. And then this last item, I guess technically is the flip of the week, but it's only $28, so I'm not trying to get too excited. (laughs) Uh, The Golden Stallion to the Rescue by Rutherford G. Montgomery. This was a 1954 hardcover uh, from Grosset and Dunlap Publishers. I talked about them a few weeks ago. Again, as with most things, not all of their publications, not all of the books that they make are worth a ton of money, but they are a publisher that you probably should be on the lookout for because when you find their stuff, sometimes they can be worth pretty good money. This I own for about 75 cents. It sold for 27 99 with free shipping. If I was listing it today, it would probably be 24 99 plus shipping because I I talked about last week. I've kind of changed my take on how I want to handle the shipping. I have not found to this point that that has been any detriment to my sales. Stuff I've listed over the last week or so um, has continued to sell really well, even with customer paid shipping. They are still priced competitively so that if someone searches like I search and immediately changes everything to lowest price plus shipping, they still are going to be in the top two or three generally, at least at the time they're listed. Um, But I have not found that switching to customer paid shipping has been a big detriment to my sales. this will be kind of one of the last things for this episode. It's going to be a fairly short one because there was not a lot of news and clearly there was not a lot of what sold. Uh, But I talked a couple of weeks ago about customer service and I gave the example that I had had as a customer where I sent a, a question to a seller about an item that I just wanted to know if, if the, it was a video game that had a download code with it. I wanted to know if the download code had been used. If it had not, I would have just bought the thing. If it had been used, I probably would have sent an offer for a couple of dollars off because the code was no good. And the guy never responded. To this day, he has not responded. I went ahead early last week and I just sent the guy an offer for the item. I took two bucks off. So I wasn't, I really wasn't trying to take advantage of him. I just thought I would throw it out there, see if he would counter, see if he would do anything. And again, Nothing. He didn't respond to the offer. He didn't decline it. He didn't, nothing. Absolutely, completely ignored what I was saying. So, I found another seller who had it for roughly the same price without the download code, which was fine because I assumed it probably wasn't going to work anyway. And in his listing, he said, immediate shipment. This was on Tuesday. Had he shipped it immediately, Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday morning, I would have had the item in time for the long Labor Day weekend, so I could have messed around with this the driving game. I like sim driving on my Xbox. So I thought, ah, you know what, I'll go ahead and I'll just buy this thing. I'll pay full price for it. He says he's going to ship it right away. That way I'll have it for the long weekend. I bought it, and he did nothing for three business days, and then he finally shipped it. So, again... If you're going to put something like that in your listing, you should follow through and provide that level of service. It all looks good. And this is one of the reasons I think sometimes resellers kind of get a bad rap and why some people are hesitant to buy on Mercari, eBay, whatever, because you don't know from one transaction to the next what kind of service you're going to get. In this case, an item I should have had by the end of the week – I did not receive until after the holiday because the seller did not follow through on his promised service. So my my point to you, again, is that customer service does matter. It is important not only for your business but for resellers kind of writ large because when one person doesn't do what they say they're going to do or doesn't offer an appropriate level of service, and the gold standard kind of is Amazon, with especially with Amazon Prime, a lot of cases, next day shipping and it's free. That's the standard kind of that people expect today. And you need to make at least some effort to get close to that. And especially if you're going to just blatantly put it in your listing that you're going to do something. You need to follow through and do it because it makes people hesitant to participate in this platform. So I'll get off my soapbox now, but that that's my experience over the last few weeks. As a customer on eBay, uh, it was not, not that great, to be honest. Now, I, I do, to be fair, I buy supplies. I did have a really good customer service service experience. I did not realize that I was out of size zero bubble mailers, which is what I use for CDs and DVDs. So I placed an order on Wednesday, Wednesday evening, with my favorite supplier for those items. I think there's a link an affiliate link actually in the uh, show notes in the description below. And their shipping time right in their ad said that this item would be delivered today, Wednesday, whatever it is, the eighth. I got it on Saturday. So there is a case where they under promised and over delivered. I had no expectation of having these things in time for what I expected to be a fairly busy holiday weekend. And they came through and shipped them in such a way that I had them uh, essentially two days, two and a half days after I ordered them. So there are people out there providing excellent customer service. They're a pretty big outfit. um, So it definitely behooves them to do so. But uh, yeah, do do the right thing. (laughs) Uh, Let's just real quick. Before we close it for today, like I said, this is going to be a fairly short one. Get into the comments. Uh, Lots of good mornings. Hello, Aaron. Uh, JRKR1964. Let's see what this is. I worked because hubby was working anyway. However, I didn't do any shipping. Yeah, that I assume you're talking about on Monday. Normally, I pull, at least pull orders on the Monday holiday because I don't want to get into what I got into yesterday morning and I had 40 some orders to pull and pack. It literally took me three hours <laughs> uh, to do all that. So a lot of times on that Monday holiday, I'll at least get that stuff gathered up to save myself a little bit of time on, uh, on the day after, but today, <laughs> or this week rather, I took it off. Uh, Rebel junk. Aaron says, what's the motivation to earn the badge then? Yeah. Talking about the, the Etsy thing. If you're not allowed to to brag about it and use it to promote not only your own business, but Etsy. I just, I don't get it. That just seems totally crazy to me, but uh, Van jam hope all your labor days were relaxing. Yeah, I do hope people were able to not labor on labor day, but if you chose to uh, it just saves you a little bit of time later in the week, Aaron, I'm on weekly payouts Now I'm still not seeing the transaction for this week. Mine processed like normal. Um, It was a little bit different on the July 4th holiday. They actually processed payments on Monday. So the Tuesday payout was kind of the normal sized weekly payout. This time they did not do that. Uh, Looked like no payments processed on Monday. So my payout this week was pretty tiny. Uh, Jim Lucas, I pay out on Tuesday. Mine paid out. Yep. Yep, no problems. Uh, my reseller treasure, Brandy, good morning. Thanks for stopping by. Better health blessings, tardy again. <laughs> uh, I was almost tardy today because I had like 18 shipments to do today. I had a big night overnight. And then, of course, there was a line at the post office. So, uh, The House of Many Trucks, I never do auctions, sell a lot of media, and it's more long tail. Yeah, unless, again, it's a really rare or unusual book. For media, there's, I had, again, to go back to kind of the customer service thing, I had a customer that reached out to me for something that I've had listed for three months and he made me a ridiculously low offer and he said, come on, man, be smart. You've had this for three months. It's never going to sell. And I didn't, maybe I should have, I didn't even respond. I just blocked the guy (laughs) Uh, because I'm not, I'm not about that. That's not the way to get me to accept your offer. Maybe that's just me, but when you when you come at me like that, I'm done. Um, I, I'm in a position where I can choose who my customers are, uh, much like a customer can choose who they're going to do business with. And when you come at me with that, that kind of approach, I'm not interested. I have stuff that I sell every week that has been listed for six months, 12 months, 18 months. I've, I've talked about from very, very early on on this show about long tail. And if you have the capacity to store it and wait it out, you can make, again, with an average cost of goods sold, for instance, on books of under 30 cents. I'm not carrying a huge investment in dollar amount of inventory. I think on my accounting, my inventory at cost is worth less than $4,000. And just what I have listed on eBay at retail is about 110000 So that gives you some sense of the, the disparity between what I paid for the stuff and what I'm listing it for. And I don't mind to sit on something, in the case of media, for a while waiting for the right buyer to come along and pay for it. So yeah, long tail in media, if, if you can muster the space and the patience, uh, it's definitely worth hanging on. Uh, auctions probably only work if you have a base of followers. Yeah, that, that may be, I've not looked recently at my eBay store to see how many followers I have. I, I don't, I don't know if people watch for stuff that way. I know I've got followers who watch for like the model railroading magazines and stuff I sell because those are things I consistently list. So, but that may very well be on auctions. Oh, let's see what else we got here. Better Health Blessing says, I have 3,100 items all listed at 1% promoted. Did you notice, I'd be curious, and we may end this before you can respond in the chat so you can leave it in the comment. Have you always done that or was that something you decided to try at some point down the road? And when you did, did you notice any kind of a change in your traffic, in your sales? And if you turned it off... Have you subsequently noticed a drop in sales? One of the things that I've noticed, I don't do promoted listings, but I do regularly run sales. So generally every month I've got anywhere from 500 to say 2,000 really old listings that I'll put on sale anywhere from 15 to 50% off, depending on how froggy I am. And when that sale ends, if I don't start another one for a couple of days, I notice that my traffic really starts to dip. So I'd be curious if promoted listings works the same way. Once you're in that ecosystem, if you try to get out, does it suck you back in because it cuts off your traffic? So you can let me know in the comments on that. Uh, How so many trucks promote all listings? Media is so common. I feel it helps. Yeah. I, again, I try to do just a competitive price and kind of go more from the service aspect of things. So, most of my books, for instance, have a minimum of 10 pictures. Most of them have 12. I do one-day business handling. I offer free 30-day returns, So I'm trying to approach that from things I can control rather than spending some money on promoted listings. So, But that's, a, that's certainly a valid way uh, to do that. That's a big one. How so many trucks? Exactly why I hate the fact that they took handling time off of listings. Just had the same experience on a printer I needed fast. Yeah, it's that information is super important, and especially if if you're in a crunch and you're trying to shop on eBay or Mercari. Mercari allows three business days for you to ship, which is another. We'll, side tangent here. <laughs> uh, so over the weekend. I had some people that placed orders Friday night. Actually, it was Saturday Saturday morning. So I'd already gone to the post office. I wasn't going to make another post office run. And by Monday, I was getting notifications from Mercari. Hey, it's time to ship. And Tuesday morning, they sent out notifications to buyers that they had the option to cancel their items because the item had not been shipped. It hadn't been... It hadn't been any business days because Monday was not a business day. Saturday and Sunday technically are not business days. And I had a customer who tried to cancel an item and I sent him a message. I said, Hey, do you, do you really want to cancel this? I said, I'm, I've just packed it. It's literally the first day that USPS has been open since Saturday morning in order for me to ship it. Let me know if you want it. And he's like, Oh my gosh, I completely forgot about that. Yes. Go ahead and send the item. So yeah, Even estimated shipping time, which is not always accurate, like we talked about, I think it was in last week's episode, eBay is actually running a program for college kids to come up with an algorithm that will be more accurate for that. So uh, let's see, let's do a couple more here. How so many trucks have gotten away from promoted, but came back like your markdown sales promoted gets you placement since eBay wants those extra fees. Yeah. And that's clearly going to be the case with their new cost per click. Model. I'm really interested to see how cluttered the top of the kind of best match feed gets with cost-per-click ads on eBay. We've talked about this over the last few episodes. Ten years ago or so, eBay switched off of that model because their best match search filter was no longer creating the best match because it was so cluttered with cost-per-click ads. Now they're going back to that program, so we'll be interested to see how many of those end up at the top of the search. Better Health Blessings promoted listings. When I started, it did increase traffic, a few sales a day. I've never turned it off. I'm fairly sure it would slow sales back down if I did. Yeah, that, that would be my expectation just based on what I've seen on the markdown sales. Once you start doing something with eBay, if you stop doing it, at least for a short period of time, you're going to see a decrease in your listings exposure. I don't know what the algorithm, why it's set up that way. I don't know how it works. But anecdotally, I mean, everybody has that kind of same experience. If you quit doing something, uh, eBay, for whatever reason, sees fit to penalize you for that. So with that, uh, that looks like all the comments in the chat. Thank you so much for everybody who came out for this week's edition live if you're listening or watching later please do me a favor i've where do i have that somewhere in here ah yes there it is if you're watching on youtube please do me a favor and smack that thumbs up button if you are not a subscriber here or are not following the podcast on whatever your podcast platform of choice is please consider doing so it uh, would mean a lot we just crossed Uh, 11,000 listens to the podcast this week, so pretty stoked about that. Uh, The YouTube channel continues to grow slowly but surely. This format clearly is not for everyone, but (laughs) uh, it's, it's what I like to do, so there you go. I hope you got something out of this. I hope you are having a great week, and with that, it's time to sell. Thanks, guys.